1: their leader was dead and in in the grave and and really he was supposed to set up his kingdom and then it didn't happen like they thought it should he did set up his kingdom he just set it up a little differently but can you imagine the questions they were asking is it really over what just happened are they gonna hunt us down now too that didn't work out quite like I thought it should how could the Romans win you know or how could the religious leaders win And They were crushed they were baffled they were terrified their fearless leader was suddenly down for what appeared to be the count now if we look at the scriptures in Matthew Mark Luke and John there's four different eyewitness accounts and Paul kind of adds to this a little bit later of what happens in the scriptures and each of them is kind of giving an account of the events of the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ from their point of view And there's lots of people that are scholars that are much smarter than i am and they've put together a harmony of the timelines so when you're reading them uh, they're all telling it from a little bit of a different perspective and they're trying to communicate different things through that but we know for sure for certain that jesus was resurrected from the dead after three days and nights just as the scriptures foretold and you know from the book of genesis all the way through malachi there was many many words that came forth prophetically that talked about the Messiah, that talked about Jesus the Messiah through our Old Covenant, our Old Testament. And then we see that on Sunday morning, the first day of the week, there was a great earthquake and the stone was rolled away. I love our our grave. Our team did such a good job putting that together and I love the light coming out of that because really that moment when Jesus was resurrected from the dead, think about it for a moment. There was some Roman soldiers there seasoned soldiers we presume that were guarding this tomb and when jesus came out of the grave they were paralyzed with fear and became immobile for seasoned soldiers to become immobile they must have saw something pretty pretty powerful and i think they saw the power of god manifest when the holy spirit came and jesus rose up from the dead and when they told the religious leaders about it the religious leaders bribed them to lie, <laughs> they told them they have to lie and cover up the truth. And, and I find it interesting that that's an overlooked proof of the resurrection because they wouldn't have had to bribe the guards to lie about what really happened if there really was a body in the tomb. And uh, there's no body in the tomb though, it's empty because our savior is alive. And isn't it just like a religious system though to cover up and preserve the control that they have over individuals, you know? and and really christianity is about the power of god being released in our life every day and we need a fresh word from him day by day and moment by moment so every day we go to the foot of the cross every day we go to his word every day we seek him in prayer and i i even referenced that this week i just shared some random thoughts in the mini series that i released on facebook and i talked about becoming a house of prayer and then later we talked about challenging people in the culture and asking questions and then my favorite one uh, that we did this week was, uh, while your enemies are plotting against you, God's anointing you. And then we, and then we summed it up with walking in love, which kind of was a good prelude, some random thoughts that I had going into this message that we're preaching today. And you need a fresh word from God every day. He doesn't want you living in the shame and the limitations of your past. You have to remember, every day is new with and fresh with no mistakes in it. Oh wait, you said that last week that's
0: my quote
1: that's Where your is it quote from? um it's not pride and prejudice is it anna green Gables? yes Why, yes you're <laughs>
0: correct you've been listening
1: anyway isn't that kind of like what's going to happen on the judgment day that's to come though we, we're all going to go stand before god and we're going to be judged and f- for people that know god it's not going to be a fearful response we're going to go forward with great expectation because we get to meet him face-to-face. But the people that don't know him in this life are going to be terrified when they stand before him on the judgment. And it was kind of like that when Jesus rose from the dead because the followers of Jesus, man, they met him with joy and great expectation once they figured out who he was. And then other times when people met him, they would have been terrified to see someone that they thought was dead alive with the resurrection power of Jesus.
0: You know, that brings to mind a certain parable that Jesus himself told and it's in Luke 16:27 to 31 and it says then the rich man said please father abraham at least send him to my father's home for i have five brothers and i want him to warn them so they don't end up in this place of torment but abraham said moses and the prophets have warned them your brothers can read what they wrote the rich man replied no father abraham But if someone is sent to them from the dead, then they will repent of their sins and turn to God. But Abraham said, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't be persuaded, even if someone rises from the dead. Now at the beginning, just a few scriptures before that, this is talking about um, a rich man and a man named Lazarus. And the rich man lived his whole life with all the comforts and, and lived in the lap of luxury. And Lazarus was the poor man that was re- lived by his, the outside of his gate of his home. And so when Lazarus went to heaven, he received his rewards. But when the rich man went to heaven, he also, he was not dead. He was alive, but he was in torment. I want to also read to you um, a scripture from Luke 24, and it's verse 25 to 26. And it says, Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all of these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through all the writings of Moses and all the prophets concerning himself. And there's one more I want to read to you, and it's in Mark. And it's 16, verses 9 to 14. After Jesus rose from the dead, early on Sunday morning, the first person who saw him was Mary Magdalene, the woman from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went to the disciples who were grieving and weeping and told them what had happened. But when she told them that Jesus was alive, they didn't believe her. Afterward, he appeared in in a different form to two of his followers who were walking from Jerusalem into the country. They rushed back to tell the others, but no one believed them. Still later, he appeared to the 11 disciples as they were eating together. He rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief because they refused to believe those who had seen him after he had been raised from the dead. So, church, there's a couple things um, I've been thinking about uh, in praying and preparing for this message. And and as Pastor RJ was doing his little series this week, and one of the things he was talking about was asking questions. And you know what? I was beginning to ask myself some questions and just ask questions about what happened, um, what's going on in this time, and what are we seeing? And wanting to locate exactly where we're at and what's going on in our lives in this time. And one thing I want to point out why I read those scriptures to you was Jesus rebuked his disciples for not believing what Moses and the prophets had said of him. So when he came to his disciples again and they were all eating, he rebuked them for not believing. When he was on the road to Emmaus, and he was speaking with the two disciples, he took them through all the writings of Moses and all the prophets concerning himself. Not what he had said when he was alive, but what he had said, what was said of him through Moses and all of the prophets. And I want us to ask ourselves, do we believe right now in God's word and what his word says? about this time I know right now if you're focused on the news if you're focused on what the media is saying they would want to strip you and rob you of hope right now it would seem that all they want to do is tell you that this is gonna keep going and this is gonna keep lasting and you know buckle in and stay home and hunker down like you know go to the grocery store get everything you need and never never leave and they want to fill you with fear and take away all your hope but for us as Christians that should not be the hope that we that should not be where our hope is. Our hope needs to be in Jesus Christ. Do you know that when we look around us and if we are truly believing that we're now in the New Testament. Jesus recorded is recorded for us what he said in his word. So now we have the New Testament. We have what all the prophets have said, what they have told us about this time and what's coming that what is going on right now and what is happening should be a proof to us and that our God does not lie. Our God is only proving in what is going on right now that we should know for such a time as this, as Christians, that we can see and we can discern the times that in the end of the age, Jesus said, these are signs of the times. Are we not keen enough as his children... To recognize and to be aware and to read in his word. Do we not believe in what his word says? You know, we sing and we talk about um, the scriptures. And we sing and we talk about that we want him to be a way maker in our life. But do we not recognize and see as Christians what he's using, what he's working in, in our lives right now. The very thing that's in our way. With all that's going on and all the adversity and the affliction is the suffering is what he's using to make a way for us. It's what he's using to bring about his glory and to show who he is, his awesomeness, his majesty, his power, his glory. If he indeed is the light, he's the light in the darkness, then should not the light shine more brighter in the darkness that we see all around us? Are we not? the light of the world didn't he tell us not to hide our light under a basket but to go forth and shine the light in the darkness should we not be the people that rise up in this time if we serve a God of miracles is it not more miraculous for him to do the miracles when there is no other way that is what the definition of a miracle is the supernatural when there is no other way, when there is no natural way out, when there is no other thing that we can do, God shows up because that's who he is. And he's the miracle worker and he makes the way and he does the miracle, the thing that is no one else can do and he does it through us and in us and he works through us. And right now I'm telling you, RJ, that even right now it seems to be a miracle. That everybody needs toilet paper and even even in that even right now if you need God to get you toilet paper because right now nobody can seem to find it that he will provide toilet paper for you even if that's what you need but he can do more than that he can provide all that we need and in such a time as this church should we not believe that because of Jesus by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony that we will overcome as Christians.
1: So I think about that when they were on the road to Emmaus, some of the people that Jesus met after he came out of the tomb. The author of the book sat down and explained all of his purposes through the whole old covenant all of them, to those two guys that were walking down the road with him. I mean, all. arguably, all of them, that could have been the best sermon us. ever preached. I Absolutely. mean, I like Paul's, you know, to the unknown God, and, you know, the Sermon on the Mount was pretty good too. But, like, can you imagine where Jesus revealed to his followers when they were walking down the road all of God's purposes that pointed to the Messiah through the Old Covenant? Anyway, I want to read from you 1 John chapter 4. I'm going to start in verse 9. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him this is real love not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins the love of God was revealed to humanity in the birth death and resurrection of Jesus Christ he humbled himself by taking on an earth suit he clothed himself with human flesh we call it the incarnation he surrendered his will to the Father he eventually allowed himself to be crucified. In Matthew 26, verse 53, it talks about, you know, Jesus said, I could have had 12 legions of angels to come and defend me. A Roman legion at that time was between five and six, maybe 7,000 soldiers, so we're talking, Jesus could have called 60 to 72,000 angels, depending on which count you want to use. And in my mind, I drift back to 2 Kings chapter 19, around verse 35, where one angel went in one, one night and slew 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. That means that conservatively, Jesus had enough angel power in one night. He could have taken out 11.1 billion people on the low end, or 13.3. In other words, if Jesus wanted to, all the military might on the planet could not have kept him. Um, could not have kept him from doing what he wanted to do. But he surrendered his will to the Father. He put his own life down and he was willing to carry our sin, our transgressions, all of the violations of moral duty that we committed, and that was poured out on him because he loved us so much. And I mean, but what I wanna note here, as Jesus went through this process, the illegal trial, the crucifixion where they mocked him, where they tormented him, where they tortured him, up to and including on the cross, he stated, Father, forgive them. He responded in love he even looked at the thief next to him and said this day you'll be with me in paradise and you know when Jesus resurrected from the dead he specifically mentions Peter why restoration of the broken relationship after his denial and betrayal it was an act of love see Jesus carried all the sins of humanity he loved us so much so in the process of carrying all the sins of humanity he was operating in great love for us. When he resurrected from the dead, it's because of his great love for us. Now he's made a way. He's paid the debt of our sin. He conquered death. He made a way for us to have eternal life. And he expects us now to start operating in love like he does. No matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through, no matter what they've done to us, no matter what they've said about us, no matter what they're, how they're treating you, Jesus chose to respond in love. And you know when I grow up I want to be just like him you know I want to be able to respond in love to people all the time like Jesus responded in love even when you're in the pressure cooker even when you're in a stressful situation we want to have the God response the love response inside of our lives so I think it's really important that we learn like Jesus loved us we have to go and love others
0: I want to read to you in first Corinthians 15 verses 12 to 19. But tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. And we apostles would all be lying about God. For we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there is no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are to be more pitied anyone in the world I want to read to you Mark 1436 and I want to ask and present some questions because Pastor RJ when he was talking about asking questions he really got me thinking about a couple things and I want to read to you from Mark it says Abba Father he cried out everything is possible for you Please, take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done and not mine. So I want to ask the question, and I was asking myself the question, what if God said, okay, Jesus, have it your way. You don't have to die on the cross. We'll make another way. After all, all things are possible for me. Well, the first thing that came to my mind that immediately that I thought about that would have happened is Jesus would have been the first one to discredit disqualify and disprove himself and absolutely quash his claim to being the very Messiah that he claimed to be in that moment he would have become a liar because it was by his spirit that prophesied through Moses and all of the prophets about his own birth death and resurrection. What would that mean for us as Christians today? What would that say about our Christianity? What would that say about the kind of God that we serve and the kind of God that I want to boast about, that I want to say that we serve? And also, the Lord brought Jesus. His whole purpose was to come to earth to be the sacrifice for us, to win back relationship for us because of how much he greatly loved us would you believe that God truly loved you if he was just looking for the way out RJ, no would we believe in how much God really loved us if he was looking for the way out and his answer to God would have wasn't not my will father not your will I want my will be done instead When Jesus himself, out of his own mouth, said, the greatest love that one can have for another is that he laid down his life for a friend, but Jesus himself was unwilling to lay down his life for us when his claim was how much he loved us. So aren't we so happy that Jesus chose to die for us? And so isn't it so amazing that when we ask ourselves the kind of God that we serve, what is more amazing for God is that when Jesus said to him, God, all things are possible for you. So yes, you can take this cup of suffering away from me. But what is so much more amazing and more miraculous than a God who says, because all things are possible through me, Jesus, I will be able to raise you from the dead my glory my majesty my power will be fulfilled in you and my glory will come upon you and you will be the king of kings the lord of lords you will manifest my full glory my full power in the resurrection to be all that i he was supposed to be and purpose to be through the resurrection you know In the garden tomb, it says, it shows us that Jesus, when he said, Father, not my will, but your will be done, he chose to do that. I wish I had more time to talk more about the power of yes, I will, Lord, that not my will, but yours be done. But right now, I want to talk to you about, you know, Pastor Brian and Sherry did an awesome job of talking about the process. And now there has to be the process. But we can't shortcut the process. We have to be willing to go through, not over and around and under and however way that we want to go. We need to be willing to go through because remember, the Lord is making the way for us by the very thing that is seeming to be in our way. And when we say, you know, Jesus, like Pastor RJ said, he endured and he went through the process walking in love and the one thing that Jesus asks of us the one thing that he says I ask you to be perfect as I am perfect and that's in our love walk and Jesus walked that road of pain his greatest pain his greatest suffering and still he chose kindness still he chose love still on the cross he chose to say father forgive them for they know not what they do He chose to say to the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. He chose love. And the pressing of that in the Garden of Gethsemane, the pressing released the pure, the pure oil. The byproduct of the pressing is the oil. And the oil represents in Scripture the anointing of God, the presence of God. And in the resurrection, it was God giving his proof, his validation, his his revealing of himself, of his full glory, his anointing, his presence on Christ to say, this is the resurrection. And Jesus said that daily, as you take up your cross and you die with me, daily you choose to take up your cross and you die with me, so daily you can choose to walk. In resurrection life with me because no longer are you a hostage to shame no longer are you in bondage and fear and broken and chained up and bound up by anything that holds you prisoner no longer daily you can walk in resurrection life daily as the pressing and the oil comes out of you and God's anointing and his presence is upon you God is saying I am pleased with this. I validate you. I approve. I, my glory, my praise, my power is all over you to do, to walk out. Jesus didn't just set you free from something. Who the Son sets free, he sets free indeed, and he sets you free toward something. To live for him. To live and move and have your being in him to walk out his plan and his purpose for your life when the angel came and ministered to jesus it was for the grace and the enablement that he was able to walk out that road that journey to the fullness of completion he carried the cross to the end and he said father it's finished for us as christians we need to say lord i take up my cross i choose to follow you I choose to walk out what you have for me by the grace and the enablement that you give me to walk out and carry my cross to the end, to the other side, to have resurrection life daily in you, to live in you, to be set free, to move, to not live how I want to live. Jesus didn't come to set us free to live how I want to live and do what I want to do. He set me free so that I can walk out his plan, his purpose. For my life and for your life on this earth so that we could share in his glory. So that we could bring with us, among with us, a great cloud of witnesses with us to share in the glory of Jesus. Amen.
1: So as you were talking, I was thinking of the verse that says, For this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the evil one. The whole purpose that Jesus came was to destroy the work of the enemy. And from the time of the fall in the garden of eden the first garden uh, you see the law of sin was in the earth and and there was destruction and there was death and there was horrifying things that have happened since that day but jesus came to destroy the works of satan he came to destroy the works of satan in your life he came to destroy the works of satan in my life he came to relieve us from the curse she stopped in first corinthians 15. Verse 19. I'm going to read verse 20. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. At the tomb, the dreams and aspirations of the disciples really died with him. And there were many emotions that were floating around for a few days there, from grief to fear. People were wondering what was going on. But when he resurrected from the dead, he restored hope. And the truth is, some of you might be facing some dead dreams today. You know, some people have lost work. Some have lost family members. Some are battling life-threatening diseases. Some are angry. Some are in financial hardship. Some are stressed out, you know. Some want to be married. Some wish they weren't married but need a healing in their marriage, you know. Not you, though. Oh, not absolutely. I love you. We want to look to the resurrection life of Jesus because the truth is, that is where you will find hope no matter what you are facing today. God has provided for his people through the entire history of mankind. I mean, we look through the old covenant, and I mean, he fed people with manna every day for how long? Last week we talked about Elijah. God just brought him food. Elijah went and he went over to the widow's place, and I think it was Zarephath. And he blessed the oil and the flour and it didn't go empty until the famine was over we know that god provides for all of our needs you know in matthew 7 verse 11 it says so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him you know we're coming up with some creative ways to solve some of life's events you know, uh, my my youngest daughter uh, had a birthday this weekend and she couldn't really celebrate with all her friends because, you know, the social distancing that we're complying with. So she made a bunch of cookies with her sisters and we drove her around and she'd ring the doorbell and set the cookies on the porch and then walk back 10 feet and wave at her friends and run back in the car and, you know. So we drove around uh, saying happy birthday to a bunch of her friends and then my oldest daughter, her friend, had her sweet 16. But, of course, they can't all get together, so we had, like, a car rally with um, balloons and little signs that said, Happy Birthday, and we all drove down the street and honked in front of her house, and she came out on her porch. And it's interesting. I find that years ago, the front porches got smaller and smaller, if you study sociology, where people became less and less social. And, and we moved more to these uh, isolation generation. I find this is the epitome of isolation right now, but and at now least- now we're all flocking to the front porch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now, now the
0: trend is taking front porch pictures and <laughs> you know everybody getting on the front porch and-
1: Yeah, so I find it interesting that the front porches, I, I anticipate in the future, they're gonna get bigger and bigger as people congregate face to face more. Yes, again, yeah, Because <laughs> they, they forget what that's like. But the point is, if God provides solutions for us if god provides for all of our needs right we have to learn to ask him for the things that we need and sometimes you don't have because you don't ask well god i need a blessing well what kind of blessing do you need you know if my daughter comes to me and says i'm hungry i'm like that's nice (laughs) there's food in the fridge go find something well i'm not sure what i want well (laughs) there's an apple how about an apple you know ask me for something specific so that i can grant you what you're looking for and and with God, he's saying, hey, look, if you need emotional peace, maybe you need to ask him for peace. If you're feeling lonely, then spend some time in his presence, because he says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. If you need some physical provision in your life, then reach out and ask. I stayed in go. touch with a couple of people <laughs> that I know that um, are a little bit older and they're kind of locked in a little bit, but every time I contact them, someone else has already met the need. They've, they've got everything that they need. People are providing for them. So... I see the body of Christ as really reaching out, and I know all of you are doing that as well, and you're calling people that you know, and if they need something, you're bringing it by, because we love people. And you know, that whole chapter in 1 Corinthians 15, it talks about you know, uh, the resurrection, and at, at the end, in verses 57 and 58, it comes down to, but thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable always work enthusiastically for the lord for you know that nothing you do for the lord is ever useless and you know sometimes you're praying and you feel like you're throwing your prayers out there and they're not landing everywhere and sometimes you're you're doing good deeds and you wonder hey i wonder if they notice let alone did god notice and my this verse tells us that god sees everything and he knows exactly what's going on and if you're being obedient to him if you're being obedient to the holy spirit You will be well rewarded for that and we as a people have to enthusiastically continue to serve the Lord in the ways that we know how so I'm gonna consider everything that I can do I will do why because I want to be a blessing to others this is the greatest time for you to reach out to people this is the greatest time right now for you to give people a phone call FaceTime zoom however you want to do your teleconferencing i know some people like to use that app called line or discord or whatever one you're using um i just don't want to sow discord we just it's an app Uh, so what happens is we want to come to the place where we can reach out to people and share the love of god this is a great time to share the message of the gospel of the kingdom the message of hope this is a great time to tell people that jesus loves them this is a great time to tell people that he made a way for them to be in relationship with god pray ask the Holy Spirit but I'm sure that he'll encourage you to reach out to others also and bring hope to them because there's a lot of people right now that don't have hope
0: and that doesn't even mean that even when we find ourselves struggling because we too in this season we may be even struggling and that we remember that he's our hope and that he makes the way and that in him we can do all things even in this season of time we can we can do all things in Christ who strengthens us. Absolutely. At this time you know even if this, this is your first time that you've been uh, tuning in with us or maybe this isn't your first time tuning in with us um, we want to give you an opportunity to receive and know personally our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to read from you Luke 24 28 to 31 and it says by this time they were nearing emmaus and at the end of their journey jesus acted as if he were going on but they begged him stay the night with us since it is getting late so he went home with them i'm going to stop right there and i just want to say to you i you know i mentioned before that it's the power of your choice your free will that is one of the greatest gifts that God gives us and in this scripture um, just I did read a little bit before about this scripture and the few scriptures before that this is about the two disciples who are journeying on the road to Emmaus and Jesus appeared to them and was ministering to them the word he was ministering to them from Moses and all the prophets and sharing with them the word he was entreating them the word And so Jesus is all around us every day. He's all around you every day, ministering the word, trying to get the word to you, trying to get to you how much he loves you, that he sees you, that he has a good plan for your life, and that you have a choice, that he is a gentleman and he will not. It says here, Jesus acted as if he was going to keep going. Had they not begged him to stay the night with him, Jesus would have went on. But instead, they asked him, come, Lord. Come, Jesus, and stay the night. We want to give you the opportunity to say to Jesus today, Lord Jesus, come. I would like to accept you into my heart. Come, live in my heart. Make your home in my heart. Dwell today with me in my heart. Can I pray with you today? Heavenly Father, Lord God, I thank you that by my own choice, I say, please come and make your home in my heart. Come, Lord Jesus, and dwell inside of me. Come, Lord Jesus. I choose to believe and I invite you in to make your place inside of my heart. In Jesus' name. You know, if today was your first time saying that prayer with us, please give us a call at 519-972-5977 or you can email us at reception. At wcf.ca we want to hear from you we want to rejoice with you and one of our pastoral leadership will be in contact with you today too we would like to continue on and move on to communion and before we take communion though I want to point out to you the last part of that scripture in Luke 24, 28, the last phrase in the 31, it says, So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. And suddenly their eyes were open, and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. You know, today, many of us, are going to be sitting down with family, celebrating the Resurrection Day meal, our Easter meal. And we are celebrating in memoriam when Jesus tells us to receive communion in memory of him. But I want to point out that right here in this scripture, it was not in memoriam to him. It was in the everyday and about doing what he was doing that they just simply sat down together and shared a meal together. And then he took the bread and blessed it. So I want to invite us to remember, especially in this time as Christians, that we remember that we invite to the table, the head of the table, that we remember our blessings and who has blessed us. And that we remember Jesus at the head of the table. And that we remember to thank him, And that we remember gratefulness. And that we remember to say thank you, Lord, for the provision that you've provided for us. Thank you for the people that surround our table. Thank you for the people, the the family that we have together that we can share a meal together with us. But then again, in those special times when we come together and we remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. And we remember what he did on the cross for us that makes a way for us to have these moments every day that we can gather around the table and remember and and say thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Thank you for what you've provided, that we remember what he did on the cross for us today. So as we share communion today, I would like us to remember that Jesus did choose to say, not my will, Father, but yours be done of his own free will, Jesus said, no one takes my life from me. Freely I give my life because of the joy that was set before him. And that joy was you and I. And he said, you're worth it. I love you. And no greater love can one have than that he would lay down his life for us. So I would like to pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we remember today and let us choose to remember every day the great sacrifice that you made for us on the cross. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your broken body. Thank you that you made a way for us to have fullness of life, healing from disease, healing from any sickness, healing from brokenness, healing from bondage, healing from shame, healing from depression, healing from any mental anxiety and worry in our minds. Lord God, I thank you for Lord we thank you that you said yes we thank you that as you bore our sins on the cross we thank you for your love that you poured out for us as we receive the bread
1: we have the cup in our hands now that represents his blood and you know some of you right now feel like you're far from God some of you are far from God, but it's one step back to Him. And today, as we partake of our covenant meal, you know, with repentance, you can be right back into the relationship with God that you once had. Some of you are far from home, it's one step back. Father, I thank you for the cup in our hand this day. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that's applied over our lives at salvation when we repented and we received forgiveness. This day, Lord, I thank you that you have a covenant with us and you sustain us and you preserve us. Father, corporately as a body of Christ right now, we ask you to lift the curse off our land and we speak to this virus that it has to cease and desist now. In Jesus' name. Father, we declare and we decree the righteousness of God arising in our city and in our nation. I thank you, Lord, that the life is coming forth, that light is coming forth, that hope is coming forth. Lord, as your people continue to humble themselves and pray, I thank you that we will hear from heaven and you will heal our land. So this day we stand on your promises and we stand on your truth and we thank you that you're making a way for us in Jesus' name. So a couple more things but i think now would be a, a fantastic time to continue worshiping by receiving our, our tithes and our offerings and uh, you know what better way to celebrate the resurrection than to have your tithes in the storehouse and for those of you maybe that don't go to Windsor christian fellowship if you just consider uh, maybe a 10 or a 20 donation maybe to help us to continue to get the message of hope out to others and uh, we'll receive that now with a prayer father i thank you for the opportunity to sow in your kingdom Lord, your word is true, and we can put you to test in this area with the tithe, Lord, that you'll rebuke the devourer from our lives, and we can hear from heaven, and we'll have an open heaven over our lives. Lord, you're going to make a way, and you're going to provide for everything we need as we seek first your kingdom in the name of Jesus. So I thank you all for joining us today. I thank you all for your ongoing support and prayers, and uh, I believe that Marnie is going to bless you with a song now. Have a great Resurrection Sunday, everyone. We'll look forward to seeing you next time.
0: Be blessed. Have a great week.